Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Stuart Childs is joined by dairy farmer John Trant to speak about his career path and the performance he is achieving with the dairy herd at Clongo's Wood College. Okay, good morning everyone and uh, welcome to today's um, Let's Talk Dairy webinar. Today I'm delighted to be able to have a good chat with John Trent, who's the farm manager in Clangos Wood College at the moment and uh, was the Young Grassland Farmer of the Year competition winner uh, for 2019. Um, and you, you will have seen John on our uh, social media campaign there a couple of weeks ago and in t- instead of the event that we would have hoped to have hosted on the farm with him uh, having won the category of young grassland farmer deer so as I said I'm delighted to talk to John this is John's second time on Let's Talk Dairy when we were talking to him four months ago he was uh, a bit under a bit of pressure at the time there was a significant drought impacting in the Clangos area so um it's good to be able to talk to John in a kind of a more relaxed setting, I suppose. So the reason we're talking to you today is because you've had a, an interesting career path, I suppose, and we want to, um, I suppose, tease that out a little bit more with you. So I suppose it would it'd be wrong of me to, to talk to you initially without asking you how are things going at the moment on the farm now, given that uh, you're under pressure, as I said, when we were talking to you four months ago, I'd imagine it's a different scenario at this stage. Yeah, no, we're fine at the moment. Um, cows are milking well and we've enough grass and yeah, everything's going well. Um, we scanned the cows there yesterday and we got uh, 9% empty. Um, so we're happy with that and there is no shocks or anything in it. So um, no, we're very happy with scanning. It seems very compact. So we'll have a busy three weeks in February. Um, but and um, what's the, the grass situation, we'll say, farm cover, etc. at the minute? Uh, farm, co- farm cover is 900. Um, that's kind of where I want it to be. I don't want to get any, go any higher, trying to keep pre-grazing yield around 1,600 um, and not have too many heavy covers to go into. Um, so now we're in a really good position with clean-outs. Cows are um, grazing down to 3.5 with ease and... Um, we're flying with milk. Um, production now is um seventeen point I think seventeen point five liters. Um, for fifteen protein and there is five six eight fat, which is around one point one point seven five kgs of kgs of milk solids. So one point seven seven kgs of milk solids. Mm-hmm. So, um, now we're flying. We're flying. Yeah. No complaints. Yeah. Excellent performance for the twenty fourth of September. Yeah, no, we're just they're on three kgs a meal at the moment. Uh, we're not two two point five kgs a meal at the moment. Um, so they're being they're being fed as well. So, um, no, we're happy with it now. Um, the herd is coming to maturity a lot now, so that's helping big time. There's over hundred cows with five lactations plus in the herd, so it's um it's a big plus. That's a that's in it just about around the third of the herd, so in that category. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, and then just I suppose finally be, uh, we'll finish up in the grass piece. Then when are you going to start closing? Um, I'll start closing on the tenth, and I'll be fully housed around the twentieth of November. Um, so kind of go on a quick round. My objective is to have kind of flat enough wedge on the in the spring, um, and hope to open with a farm cover round. Anywhere between nine hundred on the on the first February. 
Okay, very and good. In, pre- in, like in previous years, I would have went, would have had you know, 1100s opening covers and stuff for 1000 opening covers, but um, it seemed just nearly impossible to get through the grass. So I'm just going to close with a, a lower cover this year and see what happens. Okay, very good. Okay, so I suppose, as I said, we want to talk to you about your career progression. So I suppose the first question I'll put to you is, was dairy farming always your objective or uh, was it something that's developed as you've gone along? Or, And I suppose tell us a bit about yeah. yourself as well. Yeah, so I'm from a small farm in Newcastle, County Dublin. It's on the border with Kildare. Um, so it's a small 40-acre farm. Granted, was dairy and up until I was... Like six around then, um, and he retired out of cows, so um, kind of that always had my interest in it then. And I used to milk for a neighbor and help a neighbor out and stuff as much as I can. So I just always had an interest in farming and always had an interest in dairy farming. Um, I never really wanted to do anything else. Um, like my parents aren't farming, and um, my dad works for a contractor, but he's not farming full time, so um. The farm at home was only leased out for most most of my life anyway. Okay. Um, and it's like it's not viable to go home and go milking cows there because it's just landlocked between two dairy farmers. So, okay. um, kind of farm management was the was the route I was going to take. To it was it was really the only option available to you to pursue the career that you kind of had in your mind. Like so, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, very good. Um, so I suppose like you uh you went to Belly Hayes. First and foremost, so after you leave in search, you went to Belly Hayes and uh, then you went on to do the, the professional farmers uh, ma- farm management course in Moor Park. So was it a natural progression for you to do that? Because well, it probably was, I suppose, given that you kind of had that objective in your mind to become a farm manager or that the farm management route was the only way you had of getting to go milking cows potentially. Yeah, no, it was like it was. Um, I always had intended to go to Belly Hayes and do the more park course I had always been in school I kind of set out it wasn't really a list of goals it was a list of what I was going to do so that was kind of it was to go go to Bally Hayes go to Moor Park and in between go to New Zealand and then come work here in Clangos and try to do something with the farm at home that was my that was my plan since about, I think about 16 or 17 was that was my plan Um. yeah was Clan goes into plan as early as that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, it was taken over here in two thousand and fourteen. It was leased out, um, to Mulchy Farms, and kind of when I heard that and with the herd that was in it and what was happening, um, and the type of farm it was turning into, I that struck me interest in Clan goes, and I said that you know, I always had that be a nice space to to work and to learn, and I could maybe do something with my farm at home, so I'll have a few have back there something messing about with it yeah very good so i suppose uh like the courses themselves will say the time in belly hayes like the what did you see is the positive what did you bring out of them i suppose with the, the benefits of doing the belly hayes course and then the benefit of going on to do the professional farm management course in uh, more park then yeah well, belly hayes was kind of um the basics and then Real benefit of Bally Hayes I found was going around every week and measuring grass with Donald Patton. Um was probably the highlight of the course there. Like um that kind of really struck me interest in grass measuring. I'd never even seen grass measuring or heard of grass measuring up until I went to Bally Hayes. Um so that kind of 
adhering to Ballyhays and going to different things and going to different farm walks and talks. You're hearing about, and hearing about the Murkar course, it was nearly like a given that you had to do it. Like, um, it was just that step onwards and that step up in, in the progression to just seem natural enough just to go and do the Murkar course. Like, um, okay. And I suppose uh, you mentioned Donald there, was he, he was obviously influential kind of in your steps along the, the, the ladder. So, in terms of you obviously have a good relationship with him, um, and he kind of would it steer you maybe towards the, the professional farm management course then as well? And, and maybe yeah, other people was, then? Yeah, he did kind of, it was my lectures and stuff, but yeah, it was kind of, you know, he opened everything. You've seen a lot more of the technical side with it and the technical side of measuring grass and how well it can be done. And then as, as well as how easy it is to be done as well. Like it doesn't take a genius to do it. So, um yeah, he um he um he was a good steerer as well, like you know, he he'd um he was a good 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 advice like and he'd be telling you where to go or where to work and people who to work for and stuff. So yeah, no, he's very, very good. Okay, so that brings me on to the next question then I suppose in terms of like the places that you have worked um prior to your taking on the role in Clongos, we'll say through your work experience, the farms that you would have been on as part of the programme in Moorpark, how influential were they in, in kind of further enhancing your career or sending you further along the line, we'll say? Yeah, well, I suppose each of the farms I was on was, there's three or four different farms, they're all different types of systems. There was there was a high input, pedigree Holstein herd, and then there was New Zealand where it was a low input just kind of grass only herd um, so it was a good kind of broad picture I got and knew the system that I wanted to, wanted to farm on the way I wanted to do it um, you also got to know what what your weaknesses are um, by asking by the farmers to quickly let you know what your weaknesses are and, and, and what to work on and more importantly, you know what not to do. And, you know, going to different farms, you learn the mistakes and the mistakes you make, but you learn that the mistakes other farmers are making or things you see other farmers that they should be doing that the previous farmer was doing. And you kind of, you get a broad picture of, 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 the, of the industry, really. Yeah, so I suppose you saw a bit of everything and you kind of, you've taken the best bits from all of the three farms or the three situations that you looked at and that's what you're kind of trying to apply now at Langos, is it really? Yeah, yeah, and like it, it didn't happen by coincidence, but I think each farm we went to was kind of a step up in management level or, and in management um, and the management technique, like each one was and that was kind of progressed really to the last farm was on placement was Peter Farrell and that was kind of I wouldn't say there's a more technically efficient farmer in the country than Peter Farrell like and that was really um probably the best placement to us on because it was um he was just so good at what he, was, what he does like and um you know that was probably a good thing was I'd say if if it went there first it probably would have overwhelmed it, overwhelmed it, but I think the, the main thing is to work for the right people and to work for for someone who's going to progress, like he did. Like so, um, 
yeah, no, he's, he's really good to, to go and work for something like Peter. And I suppose um, we'll say Peter, obviously, by the, the fact that you're talking about him there, is, is possibly a mentor for you even still, that you would talk to him a bit, or do you talk to some of the other people that you've encountered along through your career in terms of bouncing ideas off them? Yeah, I do like the um, the, the farm here is my three farms. They own three different we lease own the home farm, and then there's two different families in. Um, Graham Swanton is the farm manager in Tipperary, and I probably talk to him every second day, every as you know, and I definitely ring him every Monday morning and see how things are going. Um, after I measure, I'd ring him and have a chat about it, like, and if there's a, if there's trouble or if, if there's something wrong kind of this first person I pick up and get on the phone and say, here, look, this is what's going on. This is what's happened. What you think? Like, and because, like, because, like, I'm only 24, I haven't been around the block, he's doing this a lot longer than me. Like, I used to, I think, I, I thought coming out of Murfarka that I, I, knew, I knew everything or I knew the industry and knew it to the earth and you quickly realise, you know, feck all and you have to learn the hard way. So, um, it's nice to have some of that experience there to to learn off and to bounce questions off and when you have a problem to ring it and generally it's happened to everyone else so they'll sort out fairly quickly like yeah very very good um i suppose uh like do you think more people should be doing the farm management course uh, even if their only intention is to go home and farm their own farm potentially like because there's probably a lot of people go through uh, Kildalton, Belly Hayes, Palace Henry, they do the, the basic course, I suppose, and then they go away home. It's kind of sufficient to do what they need to do in terms of the, the financial side of things, in terms of tax breaks, etc., taking over the farm, satisfying those requirements. But do you think that people should actually take that next step and go on and do the professional farm management course as well, um, even if they have no aspiration to actually manage a farm for anyone else or, or anything like that? Like. Yeah, I think it's a given. Like, if someone, if you want to be a dairy farmer, the more park course is the only way to go. Like, um, it should nearly be mandatory. Like, for a young person just to go and do it. Like, the 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 level, the the level of step up from from the from Valley Hayes to Moore Park was like immense. Like, just the, the different level of efficient technical, um, efficiency and te- like the. How would you put it? The uh, I, don't know how, I don't know how you put it, but it was just a lot more information, but a lot more focused on budgeting and kind of the management, the financial management of of a farm. But how you're going to how you're going to manage manage a farm and what you're going to do in the future. So it was all set towards: Are you going to be sharing milk and and it'll set your kind of goals out for the future. Um. Yeah, it was like you have access to the best in the industry, the likes of George Ramsbottom there and <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Shalhoub and people like that. And you're learning off them, and you can bounce ideas off them. Um. Yeah, like I see it, and I see you see people going back home from not not doing the more park, and I just think it's a huge mistake. Like it's it's the best thing that I have ever done. Um by far like it's and I'll always say that like it's the just the step up was was huge but like the the experience I got from it and the things I learned from it just have stood to me ever since like and so 
like it's basically the way you're describing it. So it's been the foundation stone that you've built your career upon really more so than like Valley Hayes yeah. was the step to it. And then that this is really where you've launched yourself from then is doing the professional fair management course. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd say if I came up Valley Hayes without doing that, I, I wouldn't be here. Do you know, I, I don't know. Like it's just, it was a different a different type of um, course. Like um, it was more kind of Valley Hayes. Well, I suppose as well when, I treated Bally Hayes like a second party every week, every, every day. Like it was, you know, more practice was just that bit more serious and that bit more focused. Like, um, okay. for me, anyway, but that, well, that was personally like, you know, yeah. um, so it was a lot of work and it is a lot of work, um, but it's worth it at the end. Like, you know, it's worth it, was worth it. Very good. So, I suppose, um, what uh, what advice would you give to any of the students that are tuned into you today? You know, in terms of like, I suppose you kind of had the objective of going dairy farming all the time, but we'll say, you, and you kind of seem to have a good idea actually. Like you said, there from the age of sixteen, that you kind of had a plan in your head as to what way you'd like to go about it. Like, but if there are people currently in in the colleges around the country now at the moment, and they're not really sure what direction they should take, or what advice would you give them as a twenty four year old? I'd say work for different systems and work for as many farmers as you can, but just make sure they're really good farmers and make sure they're going to progress to you and, and, and teach you. Um, you know, if you like machinery, if you like tractors, there's no point going to farm here where the only tractor is a tractor and scraper. You're not going to enjoy that. So you want to go out and see what you enjoy. Like Some people don't like Jersey crosses or other people don't like Holsteins, but go out and figure it out for yourself and see what you like. Um, the other, probably the biggest one I'd say is for a student is don't be afraid to take time off. Um, don't be afraid to burn out, uh, or don't be afraid to tell them, like you need time off. You're wrecked. Um, was if you burn out, you're no good to anyone. Something I didn't do when I was a student, and I suppose every time you burn out, you're no good to know, and you just you're not focused for weeks and then eventually you have to take a week off because you're so tired. Um, but now as a farm manager and with people working here, if I see they're tired, I say, here, do you want some time off? And they take a day off or two days off, come back in and they're a totally different person. Like, um, And then they'd say when you leave ag college, keep on going to conferences, keep on going to the likes of the National Dairy Conference or the Positive Farmers Conference um, and keep on on um, trying to progress yourself and keep on learning because I find that even myself, sometimes if I don't go to any for a couple of months that I kind of get lax days and then you go to them, say the likes of the National Dairy Conference and it kind of resets your mind and, and focus a bit more than you were before. Like, um, yeah, just keep on keep on learning is the main thing very good and i suppose um a, a, a tricky one maybe for you but maybe just i suppose your experience of of the other people that were on the course which courses which is maybe as much as any as your own experience so as not to be identifying anybody potentially but um did you have any bad experiences in or did any of your classmates have bad experiences on farms and in terms of did it really put them off of careers in dairy farming subsequently or anything like that i suppose the reason i'm asking that is just to i suppose for people maybe not the people listening but you know that the 
the the influence that you've seen that you've spoken about there from the likes of Peter Farrell and that like and how they've positively steered your career, like Marion Beecher has worked on there where like the impact on a, a young person will say maybe somebody in their early teens just doing a bit of work at a weekend on a farm, if they have a positive experience, the opportunity for them to to come back farming subsequently or to have an interest in a farming career is enhanced greatly. So like the like you said there now you recognize people beginning to burn out because of having experienced that but obviously the burnout affected you maybe now that might have been your own fault rather than the, the farmers that you were working for but like the role of that experience for a young person in terms of their future career choices and development what what would you think about that yeah well i suppose say that i'd have six close friends that are all managing farms and i'd say to treat them we've also three of us have all suffered from burnout and like you know real bad burnout whether as a student or as managing a farm i my first two years here both years you know it just got to the point where it's like geez i literally i don't know if i'll be able to get up in the morning like um i'm that tired like just and you get up in the morning you're just tired all day long and that's for weeks but it was in peter farrell's and i was like that you're playing football you're training three nights a week or four nights a week, then you're going out on your weekend off, you're going out on Friday night, you're going out on Saturday night, and you're coming back into work on the Monday morning, even more tired more than tired you went there. <laughs> off, like, um, and it was Peter that kind of said to me, he's like, here, the last week, have me yourself, you look wrecked. And I was like, I was like yeah, I know, I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm really, really tired. And he was a bit shook was right. And he's like, right, take take three or four days off. And since when I came back then, I was like, geez, I'm a different person. Like it's it's like you take three days off, did nothing three days. Um but yeah, like it's it's um that is the biggest thing for a young person as well, like and I probably wasn't enjoying myself at the time as well, like so I think if you go out and enjoy yourself as well as just working and um trying to try and you can't you can't please everyone so i think you just ask for time off and i can know farmer if you're working hard and and you're learning and you're keen i don't think any farmer will say no if you ask them for a day off or ask them for a couple of mornings off and tell them you're wrecked um because as one farmer said to me he's like i've been at this 40 years i'm well accustomed to it you've only been at this a couple of years um you know so it's just it's it's probably it's a big problem as a student as well like is to try have some kind of a social life as well but um you need to be able to to take time off as well like yeah work-life balance is important so even at the young age yeah it is more importantly at the young age like you know if when especially when you're a student go out and drive because when you're a farm manager it just there's that bit more responsibility that you can't really do that for six months of the year you're kind of take your weekends off and kind of rest up and back into work then and focus put the head down again for two weeks like um you know there's a lot more responsibility on your shoulders okay so um i have two final questions for you i suppose the first one is um in relation to your your showcase a couple of weeks ago what has winning the young grassland farmer of the year competition category done for you in your opinion um probably given me more confidence um, I say, yeah, it's given me more confidence measuring grass and in sort of my ability. Um, 
it's that's the that's that's the main thing for us. Yeah, it's just nice to be, and it's nice to have hard work and hard work recognised. Um, and that was the main thing of it. Yeah, it was it's nice to be recognised. Like that's it. Very good. And finally, I suppose, um, yeah, what's the plan? There's a plan there. Um, of going milking your own cows, I think. And I just, yeah. what, what, what's the direction there and what's the future plans for John Trent and your new wife? Yeah, so we're, we're, in, we're currently trying to get um, get our own unit set up. We hope to be milking next year, but with COVID-19, it's been a headache. But we're, we so we pushed it out to 2021. Um, or 20, yeah, 2021. 20, yeah, 22. Yeah. 22 sorry 2022 yeah. um yeah so push out to 2022 um so yeah we've i suppose the grassland the grassland farmer year award helped a lot because um it was where i kind of originally got talking to the banks at it um and it looks well for them you know that you have that kind of recognition of it as well which is a big help um so yeah, two hundred two hundred cow unit um leased farm. So it's a greenfield site and it's a big undertaking, but sure. Um kinda if you don't if you don't uh, if you don't do it, sure you're just stuck in the same spot. So we're just trying to um keep on moving and keep on challenging myself to to bigger and better things. So hopefully it'll it'll work out on it. Very good. And I suppose just out of interest as well in terms of obviously um you've you won't you won't be able to do Clangos and do that at the same time. So no. you're going to be leaving the the Clangos farm, and yeah. we'll say just the the discussions that you've had with the with the owners in relation to that plan. And obviously, if you were hoping to start next year, you probably were looking at leaving sometime at the end of this year, possibly, I suppose. And how has that changed? The fact that it's changed now to 2022, are you staying on in in, in the role in Clangos and just I suppose just the communication channels that you have with the, with your your farm owners, I suppose, is is the point I'm trying to get at, really. Yeah, um, it's a slow process, so there is, you know, I thought I kind of give it twelve months by the time you put in plan permission to get and everything sorted out. It's not; it's going to take a lot longer than that. Um, but I kind of been talking through them throughout the whole thing, and been talking to the owners with it, and, um. It's only been good things or help and can it well do this or do that or try to do this or try to do that. You know, it's not been oh geez or leaving me. Um, you know, there's there there's been none of that. Like it's only been trying to help and encourage me and you know, and giving their advice and stuff, which is which is which is excellent. But no, I'll be staying on here um throughout next year and um hopefully um hopefully I'll be able to be milking my own cows in twenty twenty two and right. You know, with here as well, like you know, there's if there be no water to buy in stock or anything like that. You know, there's all that. There's there's all the help in the world. I find that older farmers are a lot keener to give young people a help in hand or give them advice. Like they're kind of they more admire someone trying to get into the industry and and start something for themselves and be be good at like. Very good. 
So there's a, I suppose there's two questions here and we'll encourage people to put in more questions. Um, we'll be finishing up shortly. So uh, just one person is asking you uh, how many tons of grass did the farm grow this year and how many did you grow last year? Uh, we're on, we're on 12.7 tons of dry matter grown. Um, we grew 16.5 last year. But the drought kind of really hit us hard here, so that's going to set us back for you a ton or two ton, I'd say. Um, but we're on track to go about 15 ton in this year, so it's not too bad. And uh, would you have done a lot of receding when you took over the farm or, or start re- kind of reset the farm, I suppose, with the new herd? No, it's been around 10%, 15% a year. Um, I've done nothing this year on the milking platform. Um, I'd hoped to oversaw the whole farm with clover, but it just didn't really, the weather didn't really allow us to. So um, I haven't done any receding this year, but there's nearly, there's nearly 45, say yeah, 45 to 50% of the farm, excuse me, receding the last four years, last four or five years. Um, so there's still like, there's still a good few paddocks there that haven't been receded, I'd say in, in 20 years, but they're still, um, very productive paddocks growing 13, 14 tonnes. The quality mightn't be great in them, but um, they still are really productive paddocks. Okay, very good. And the same person is actually asking um, how many cows to the hectare are you stocked at? Uh, 2.9. 2.9, okay, very good. Um, okay, seeing as you mentioned about being on the different types of farms um, or the different styles of farms, I suppose, uh, Martin DC is asking what cow type of breeding would you prefer? Um, Jersey Cross, um, just the uh, ease of maintenance, um, the lighter weight, and um, real plus I find with them is the your pro, your fat and protein and your milk solids percent. Your milk solids deliver a huge milk price, and like the the, the milk price here is forty point five cent this month, which is which is really good, which is nearly, it's, we're always nearly nine or eight, eight cent above the, the, the base price or the national average for sale. Like, so, and that's the real, 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 um, real benefit of Jersey Crosses is to, just that extra bit of milk price. Okay. And then the, it looks like it's going to be the final question. Maybe um, Ned Duffy is just wondering, are you a member of MACRA? No. Oh no, I am, yeah, I am, yeah. <laughs> I am for FPD insurance purposes, but uh, it wouldn't be, no, I wouldn't go to much macro meetings or anything like that, no, but yeah, I, jo- I joined to get the 10, the 10% off FPD insurance. <laughs> and then I suppose there's actually just one question after coming in, is the, the are you leasing the Greenfield site and putting up everything, so full scale development? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're leasing, we're going to lease off my wife's parents, so we're leasing the farm off them, so yeah. it's a full greenfield development, but it's not the, we're not, um, you know, we're not, like, hopefully she'll get the farm, so. Um, it better be yeah. good. <laughs> no, so we're not, we're, we're not, we're not putting up facilities with no end, end, with no end goal on site, you know, or 20 years, and we don't know what's happening after that, like, hopefully we'll be farming it for a lot longer than 20 years. Very good. 
Okay, so um, I think that's it in terms of the questions. So um, I'd just like to say thanks very much, Jan, for coming on again and t for talking to us. Mm -hmm. I think you gave us some good insights into your career to date and some advice to people that are listening as well. And I wish you all the very best for the future. Uh, I think it's onwards and upwards for you anyway. So all the best and thanks very much. Thanks so much. So, so just, to, just to flag it for people for next week, we're going to be uh, linking up with um, Glambia uh, and the uh, the, the open source future farm program that uh, Richie O'Brien is running with them. We're going to be on uh, the farmer Shane Fitzgerald in Port Law uh, and we're going to be doing a piece on reducing the carbon footprint of milk production and we'll be talking to Shane himself, um, Zoe Kavanagh, the CEO of the NDC, Shane McElroy with Glambia and our own Brendan Horn then from um, Chagas and Moor Park will also be talking about it. So we look forward to joining you just again, sorry for the changing around of the time but this is going to be at 11 o'clock next week and it'll be for an hour so we hope you can join us then and we're, thanks again John. And thanks to everyone else. Uh, take care in the meantime, and we'll see you next week. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and thanks for listening.